I'll go back to not interrupting myself in this episode, but I enjoyed interrupting myself while I was doing it. All right then, I think I've got myself into enough of a papal mood to find out some more things from this podcast person I was listening to that got me started on all of this. I kind of forgot him for about three episodes while I just uh, waffled on and tried to figure out in my own head what I thought I thought. Uh, But now I'll listen to him and that will uh, probably clarify uh, a lot of things for me. And uh, let's go. Right, first thing, he definitely speaks as if Jesus, Peter and so on were very real and very much like we think they are, they are like. You know. um, but he did say way back at the start of the podcast, he said, just beware of everything I say because in the ancient world there's not much independent proof that all these people and what they said and did uh, that they are as we think they are and that they did what we think they did and that they said what we think they said you know um, with, with a lot of history um, you know, things start off kind of in a mythical a mythical cloud you know this is me speaking now uh, they kind of speak you know things things kind of start off in um, in a zone of myth and legend and all that sort of thing, and um, you know, and the myths and the legends tend to be based on something uh, real, you know, um, literally real, yeah. um, and then slowly they emerge from that cloud of mythic myth, that cloud of myth, and real people start to come out of the myth you know so you might get a pope or two that you're not quite sure whether they actually existed exactly as we think they did but then the third pope or the fourth pope or the 14th pope um you know someone's taking photos of them um well painting pictures of them anyway maybe you know something like that but at some stage um yeah and that happens with every culture uh, i think um you know i've been studying ethiopia and um its origin is clouded in myth and legend, you know. Uh, you know there's no independent proof that uh, Solomon and Sheba existed and all that sort of thing, and that they had a son called Menelik. Um, and but slowly, Ethiopia kind of emerges from that myth, and um, and people are talking about this Queen of Sheba from long, long, long ago, and this Solomon from long, long, long ago, and you know, you kind of wonder. Well, there probably was something like that, but you're not quite sure, you know. And Rome did the same thing, um, and Greece, and all that sort of stuff, you know. Uh, and you, you, you get a feeling what the myths are, you know, like, um, you know, if someone with three, you know, like if you're in Greece and someone has some, uh, eats all their babies and then they uh, escape from the tummy, you know, that sort of thing, you know, you sort of think that's probably myth, you know. And same goes for, you know, well, um, God creating the world in seven days, you know. 
you probably think that could be myth you know could be you know that sort of thing um but he speaks about this guy this he speaks about peter as if he's real and i i, I fall back on what i always say um he's real one way or another he's real potentially as a literally real person and or he's real as the product of someone's imagination or what i actually think is probably true he's a bit of a combination of both now i do not think that any of those three scenarios outranks any of the others now that's just me right i don't i don't feel that um you know let's say jesus was completely made up completely i personally you know if someone was clever enough to make that sort of guy up that's as good as um a real one having existed and that's you know i could probably elaborate on that and i probably will knowing me right but now this is you know no i won't elaborate i'll just try and say it again in a different way if a real jesus existed and said amazing things right that's one thing okay but if someone imagined a real jesus existing and put words into that jesus's mouth then what's the difference why is why is one jesus any you know the person still came into existence somehow you know uh, and i can't see how it's less you know like if 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 someone said love one another as i have loved you look let's say einstein never existed einstein you know the real einstein didn't exist now look he did there's photos right but let's say he never existed and there wasn't photos back then when einstein was born and let's say that someone came along after you know and there was no einstein but someone called bert came along and said i heard so i met a man who said e equals mc squared right and my mind was blown right now that that bert could be a bit like paul you know talking about jesus right so bert comes along and says i met a man who said e equals mc squared now and then all the physicists of the world um jump into this idea of e equals mc squared and say oh my goodness and start inventing iPhones and spaceships you know what i mean now in what way is that less is what i'm saying um bert did not take the credit did not want to take the credit he gave all the credit to this mythical guy einstein but the result is not less the result is just as good so if a person or a group of people invented jesus or if he evolved even you know the human race evolved him the human race in that area you know the culture from which the idea of jesus sprang um emerged and they came up with everything that's written in the bible which they absolutely did you know because i've got a bible at home so someone had to have come up with it in what way is that less than yeah yeah and i'm i'm imagining that you know it's all made up which i don't think it is but imagine let's let's give that one to the um to the atheists and say it's all made up right uh in what way is that less than if jesus had existed 
you know. And now, in some, in some ways, if someone imagines something, it can be more than if the person had existed. Now, Sheba and Solomon, you know, I personally don't think they existed in any, any close way in any way close to the way the Ethiopians and the Jews imagined them, you know. Yeah. Um, however, if, if, you know, through oral history and all that sort of thing, the idea evolved that there was a Solomon and, a Solomon and Sheba and everything that goes with that story, you know, read, read the Bible if you want, really want to get into it, um, and read, you know, there's a book by the Ethiopians called the Kebra Nagast, you know, and read all that sort of stuff and... Um, if Solomon and Sheba uh, had, did exist, in what way is that more impressive than if they didn't exist and yet someone invented them? You know, that's what I think. You know, I think there's no real difference. In fact, I think the fact that someone invented them is more impressive in a way um, because an imagination is, you know, is as real as reality because imaginations live, you know, spring from our brains and our brains are a product of the universe. So our imaginations are a product of the universe and anything that is the product of the universe uh, is reality, you know, a reality of sorts. Right, enough philosophy. Um, I will tend to copy this guy and imagine that Peter is real, you know. And I, I may... And, and look, I think he was real, someone like Peter. And um, But some of the things that are attributed to Peter that I don't think are real, you know, or they're probably not real, you know. Um, I, I actually don't know if he was hung upside down on a cross, executed in that way, you know. Um, did he say some of the things that people say he said? Um, apparently, uh, you know, he was heading out of Jerusalem like the wimp he is. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, because he thought he was going to get executed. I think it was it might have been Jerusalem or somewhere else, um, and he was you know hot footing it out there at one stage. And you know, long after Jesus died, and apparently he met Jesus coming the other way. You know, Jesus had popped back yet again. You know, Jesus was popping back a lot in that time. He came, and um, so Jesus was walking the other way, and Jesus said, "Quo vadis." Peter, you know, quo vadis, uh, where are you going? And Peter said, quo vadis. <laughs> I wish I knew Latin grammar. Quo vadis, quo vadum, quo vadai. <laughs> you quo vad, I quo vad you. <laughs> you know? um, but Jesus said, quo vadis, and Peter said, out of here. And um, Jesus said, turn around and go back, get executed. Otherwise, now I think the story goes, and I got this from the podcast person, I think the per, uh, Jesus gave Peter yet another ultimatum, you know, because he was good at giving Peter ultimatums, uh, uh, or predictions, you know, three times, three times, Peter. Um, and he said to Peter, listen, I have come back here to ask Quo Vadis, right? So I don't, and now here's what's going to happen. You keep walking, Peter. You walk away from this. And I will go back into Jerusalem and I will get crucified again. Would you like to see that, Peter? Would you? And Peter said, I am sorry, uh, O Lord, Vadas quo. <laughs> I will go back. <laughs> 
and um, Peter went back and got executed. Oh, at some stage, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what happened in the end. He got executed. All right. So that's Peter. Um, now, did that happen? Probably not. I don't think that bit's in the Bible anyway. All right. Ah, so Peter. What did I just find out about him? Oh, legend has it that. He, he, you know how I was saying all the apostles um, spread out and started a community each? Well, it would appear um, that I was um, underselling these apostles, these, uh, these apostles, the men, the legends, the myths. Um, but the men, probably. Um, Peter, for example, appears to have got all over the place. And my podcast uh, supplier of information says, especially in around the area of you know modern Israel, as you might call it, and um, Lebanon, modern Lebanon and modern Syria, he went around starting lots of communities, lots of communities, you know, and... Um, and we know he ended up in Rome as well. Well, I think he did. Um, so, um, lots of communities can trace themselves back to Peter. Now, each community he set up, you know, he'd rock into town um, and, you know, chat, 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 you know, organise a bit of a community. And he would leave a, a leader there. Uh, which this podcast person is calling a bishop. So he was setting up communities with a bishop in charge. And now I think this is where he starts to emerge as a papa above the bishops. So is this where the structure starts taking place, you know? where we And, and maybe that structure is, you know... Yeah, no, I think it'll be real, you know? Um, all right, so now we've got a, a host of communities and Peter... Um, is the kind of head guy uh, that set them all up and they've each got a bishop. All right then. Uh, But somehow, and I don't know how it happened, somehow Peter decides to be the bishop himself of one of those communities and that community apparently is Rome. Okay, so Peter sets up a lot of communities um, and uh, he is the papa of all of those. But in, in addition to being the papa of the community that we will call Rome, you know, Catholic Rome. Oh, no, it's not Catholic yet. You know, it's um, the, the community in Rome. Um, he, is, he also installs himself as a bishop there. So he's got two roles. Now, I do know that he ends up with lots of roles. All right, that's two roles. One man, two roles. Okay, he's the papa and... He's the Bishop of Rome. Now, I think it's still the case that... And now I'll listen more on this podcast because I don't... I really am scratchy on the actual detail. Um, I think to this day that the current Papa is also the Bishop of Rome. Is that true? Or he's the Bishop of something, you know? I know he's got... I know the Pope, you know, the Papa, has got multiple roles. Lots of roles. Um... And, you know, a little bit like Julius Caesar had lots of um, powers. All right, powers, not roles, powers. So the current, you know, the Pope is a mirror, of, uh, is a sort of um, spiritual mirror of a Roman emperor in a way. Um, and he is vested with powers, you know. And um, so, all right, two powers. He's a papa and he's a pope and he's a bishop. Right, now Julius Caesar... 
Julius Caesar was the head priest and he was, you know, he had the power of life and death, Imperium. So Julius Caesar had, he was a military commander and he was, he had Imperium in the legal sense in Rome um, and he had a lot of other titles too and he was also Pontiff, you know, Pontiff, Pontifex Maximus, I think it is, Julius Caesar, Pontifex Maximus. And um, now, interestingly, um, because what we call Catholicism, as I jump ahead, um, our Pope now is called Pontifex Maximus. Same title as Julius Caesar. There's lots of little connections. You know, Christianity, I really do more and more think that it's based on Rome, you know, <laughs> as much as it is based on Judaism, you know. I think it's a Roman overlay, a Greco-Roman overlay, you know. Um, it's a city of God mirrored against the city of Earth, when the city of Earth was Rome, okay. Um, and I, I really do need to explore this in my head a lot more, but I reckon I could join more and more and more dots, you know. All right, so um, Julius Caesar was a pope, essentially, you know, the head priest, the Pontifex Maximus, and that was, you know, our church, St. Vincent de Paul in Strathmore, which I go to, um, as you walk in the front door, and you can probably Google it, St. Vincent de Paul uh, in Strathmore. All right. It's got, uh, what has it got on the front? Opus, uh, Optimus, Optimus Deo, you know, something like that, you know what I mean? Deo Optimus Maximus, you know, something like that. Whatever it's got on the... Now, the title that is above the door in our church is precisely the same words that is on a lot of Roman temples to Jupiter. All right. So um, now I know it's just Latin for you know God the highest and greatest or something like that. You know, Deo Optimus Maximus. You know, something like that. God the high, the God the greatest, Maximus highest. You know, um, but you know it's interesting that it's so it's just so identically a mirror of Rome is the Catholic Church. It's the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, so what did I hear about Peter? What are, you know? What is my new learning as such? Um, is that uh, Pope? Uh, oh, sorry, Pope Peter. <laughs> uh, Peter went out and on his mission, and he started lots of communities. Okay, and um, one of those communities was in Rome, and. Yeah, and that seems to be the birth of the Roman Catholic Church, as it were. And uh, and but he started a lot of other communities all over the joint, you know, in the east, Jerusalem, Lebanon, Syria, all that area. And I think most of that area was Greek speaking. Um, okay, so that gets us started on Peter, yeah, the man, the legend, the myth. I won't be saying the man, the legend, the myth for too much longer because uh, we will move into a period in which the characters of which we, you know, who we will speak about, you know, there's independent, verifiable uh, records about, you know, 
um, people painting their pictures and all that sort of stuff, you know. And the, even the Romans talking about them, you know. But all these people were pretty irrelevant to the Romans in, the, in terms of, you know, the history, the histories of Rome as they are written down. There's no mention of Jesus. And, you know, the, uh, Jesus was entirely irrelevant to the Romans, I think, or close to when he was kicking around, you know. A little bit like I suspect Moses was entirely irrelevant, I bet, to the Pharaoh in the time of Egypt that the Bible would have you believe uh, was so intimately acquainted with Moses. Um, Yeah, that's one where I say, yeah, right, Pharaoh, you know, uh, getting involved with the Jewish slave. Sure, yeah, even if there was a bit of a mix-up and a basket and, you know, a princess tricking the Pharaoh. No, I I can't see, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, I don't don't see it. Um, And plus, uh, that was a trope in the Semitic lands at that time anyway, the idea of Moses. Um, Moses is just Sargon, you know, version 2.0. Or was Sargon Moses 2.0? Point is, it was a story that was getting around. Um, it was an, an old myth. Yeah. All right then, leave it at that. We know who Peter is so far, or what he was doing at the start. Aha, there was a theme that I was touching upon in all of that. This business of whether you need... Don't you hate it when you get interrupted just when you're starting a thought? Okay, back to that thought. Uh, uh, The interruption was courtesy of a phone call the perils of making a podcast on your phone. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this theme, uh, you know, whether you need your origin stories to be literal. <laughs> and this theme, um, if you need everything to be literal. Now, my, my, my thoughts on this are a bit of a, uh, a jumble. Yeah, the, the, my thoughts on this conflict... Uh, with each other, uh, multiple thoughts, you know. And, um, but one of my thoughts on this is that if you are the sort of person who needs all your origin stories to be literally true, and this can be true of a lot of people, you know, plenty of Christians in the Midwest of America think that every word in the Bible is true. Okay. Now that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the business of saying anybody's wrong. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, the facts of history, even I don't know. Well, especially I don't know. But if you need them to be literal, I always think that's kind of chimpanzee thinking. Like if you're, um, whichever religion you come from, you know, if you're Greek and you need Zeus to be true, you know, I find that's not kind of the way Plato had it, you know, Atticus and Socrates, or definitely not Socrates and Plato, you know. Um, yeah, Aristotle would. Aristotle said, "Oh, geez, I think we made up the gods, not the gods made up us." You know that sort of thing. 
you know. But if you're not one of those sorts of people, Socrates and all that sort of thing, you, whoever you are in your religion or your culture, if you need um, who Queen of Sheba to have literally existed, or if you need Jesus uh, God to have made the world in seven days, or if you need Jesus to have turned water into wine, or you need the rainbow serpent snake to have actually existed, then um, all you know whoever you are, any culture. I kind of think if you need that, that's kind of chimpanzee thinking. Now, I may have that wrong. Uh, I may have that wrong because I might, you know, there might be angles to that that I haven't thought through because I am not the, I, I'm a philosopher to the extent that I'm willing to put my hand up and try and be a philosopher, but I'm not a philosopher to the extent that I'm very clever. You know, there's a difference. As I've said before, to be a philosopher, you don't have to be clever. You only have to be willing all right. Now, now look, chimp- chimpanzees, they're like that. They see a banana and all they see is a banana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to, you know, and, and I think what separates us. And, and, you know, if you have an origin story, you know, whether you're a Greek, and in the, in the examples I usually use, if you're a Christian, not my favourite ones are Christians, you know, Greeks, Romans, Ethiopians and indigenous people. In all my podcasts, they're the four I've spoken about the most. So I'll use those four. Um, If um, you get excited by the idea that uh, humans have gone beyond, you know, um, chimpanzee thinking, that your own ancestors um, were a level above that... um, then you might be happy with the idea that Jesus didn't turn water into wine, but the fact that that story came along was just as impressive in fact more, you know, or that Sheba didn't exist, and the same sort of thing, you know, and that God didn't make the world in seven days. And yet, what a wonderful story in in certain ways, you know. In fact, um, it may, you know, God making the world in seven days... Um, can light up parts of your brain that aren't lit up by the idea of the singularity, yeah, and things like that, yeah. So, yeah, and the rainbow snake and everything that you know, indigenous um, culture, um, all the myths and legends of you know, origin stories of indigenous culture and um, attachment to the land and the dreaming and all that sort of thing. If you need all that to be literally true. <laughs> In some ways, in my opinion, not being as sophisticated as your own ancestors were being. Okay. So that's one angle. There are other angles uh, to that. Um, Let me see. I do get the feeling, the idea. Let me think. I do have... uh, um, uh, Sorry, I'm at the train station. I think my wife's just about to hop in the car, so I might have to... um, Call a halt. I had a, I had another idea, but I'll forget about it. Yes, I don't trouble my wife with uh, this sort of waffle that I go on with. Um, my wife, this waffle, because she's got another word that starts with W if she hears me talking like this, and I couldn't agree with her more. <laughs> Right, now, um, but 
waffle on, I will. I don't know what you were thinking just then. Um, another angle, another angle. It's not the people who uh, need these things to be literal, to entertain them. It's um, people who, if they're not literal, won't entertain them. And on that score, um, I feel, and this is just me personally, and it doesn't really matter, you know, if they throw it out on the basis that it's not literally true um, in their minds, you know, and, and with me it's not literally true either, but if they throw it out and um, altogether and just turn their back on it, you know, the, all these ideas of rainbow snakes and, you know, God and making, you know, the world in seven days and Jesus turning water into wine and making cheese on a mountain, you know, and all those sorts of things, um, then, you know, I don't actually disrespect that. Uh, I just disrespect the other one a bit. I really do, and I shouldn't, but I can't help it. I'm only human. I'm only a chimpanzee, really. I'm a bonobo. <laughs> How do you say that, bonobo? <laughs> Sometimes I read words, but I don't know what they sound like. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't disrespect that approach where you need... where. You, you know, you're basically running off science. I haven't got a problem with that, you know. Um, I'm a bit that way myself. But I do feel you're missing out on something, you know. It's, it's a little bit like going to a movie and you just won't suspend disbelief, you know, or something like that, you know. Now, I like to go even a step further and immerse, you know, even beyond um, suspension of disbelief, you know. And just switch myself into that thinking just for a bit and then come back again. Um, you never can quite escape into that kind of thinking, though, you know, which is something I feel a bit sad about. Because if you did, you would never come back. You know, if you, if you really, truly believed that the earth was made in seven days, um, you know, and you clicked yourself into that um, like a trance, hypnotised yourself, how could you be sure that you could come back? So that's probably the only problem with that. <laughs> Look, I'm just having fun here. Yeah, it is waffle. You know the W word. Um, but I don't mind the waffle. Obviously, right. Um, Look, there are other angles that go along like that. Uh, there are other angles, and I could explore that more. But that's about. Um, that's about as much as my brain can handle now, so that can be enough for that episode.